engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here, coast to coast. The phone number, 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, as always, you can text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777 to be on the program. Let's talk about cars for a moment. No, this is not a car talk program, but it's relevant to the news of the day. The 10 cheapest new cars you can buy right now, I got this cars.com, of those, half are Kia or Hyundai vehicles. The the cheapest is the Mitsubishi Mirage ES, $17,650. The Kia Rio is $17,875. The Nissan Versa, $18,595. The Kia Forte LX, 20,815, the Hyundai Venue, and it's a little SUV, 20,985, the Nissan Sentra S, 21,145, the Kia Soul LX, 21,215, the Chevrolet Trax LS, 21,495, the Hyundai Elantra SE, 22,065, and then uh, last but not least, the Subaru Impreza, $22,115. So the cheapest is $70,650. But of those, you've got the Kia Rio, the Kia Forte, the Hyundai Venue, the Kia Soul, and the Hyundai Elantra. Five of the top 10 are Kia or Hyundai. Now, I don't know if you know this or not. I assume you do. But the reason vehicles are more and more expensive is not just the cost of materials for the cars keep going up, but the government demands for automakers to put things in cars go up. From airbags to pedestrian detectors to black box sensors to uh rear view cameras for backing up for to automatic braking detection systems. The government keeps adding more and more safety features to cars. Those safety features all cost, and those costs are passed on to consumers, making it harder and harder to find a very cheap vehicle in this fa- in this country to put your family in. Kia and Hyundai make some of the cheapest cars in America. Therefore, people of the lower and uh, middle middle class, they buy those vehicles. They are reliable. They are dependable. They typically come with a 10-year warranty or a 100,000-mile warranty. I've got a a GMC Yukon Denali. It's a a big one. I don't have the the, the extended size, but I've got a – the warranty is like uh, 50-some-odd thousand miles for the engine. That's it. My daughter has a Hyundai – no, she's got a Kia. It has a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. I figured I could get my kid – this car, and it would last her through college with a great warranty as opposed to my GMC, which has an inferior warranty. Well, one of the things Kia and Hyundai have not done to save money is they haven't put in uh, sensor keys. A lot of a lot of cars these days have microchips in the keys, and the car won't start anymore unless you got the, the right key for the car. 
It adds cost to you. Now, in the old days, uh, before these sensors were invented in the 90s and even the early 2000s, people would use the club. They would put it across their steering wheel, and it would lock into place and, and prevent the steering wheel. So people who came in and tried to hotwire the car or, or carjack you, uh, they, they couldn't use the car because they couldn't turn the steering wheel, and so they might pass you by. There have been a series of auto thefts around the country in the last couple of years, thieves targeting Kia and Hyundai. In fact, there was a massive uh, lawsuit, and Kia and Hyundai, they settled the suit for a couple hundred million dollars. The cost of litigation uh, was such that they decided it would be easier to settle than try to fight it out in court. You will not be surprised to learn the left has decided the thieves are not responsible for the car thefts. It's Kia and Hyundai. Farhad Manju, who's a columnist, a left-wing columnist of the New York Times, listen to this. In a recent analysis of data from 37 American cities, the Council on Criminal Justice, a nonpartisan think tank, left-leaning think tank, suggested a hopeful trend. The pandemic-era spike in crime may have peaked, but there's a glaring exception, auto thefts. According to the Council on Criminal Justice, the number of vehicle thefts during the first half of 2023 was 33.5% higher on average than during the same period of 2022, representing 23,974 more vehicle thefts in the cities that reported data. In Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Chicago, New Orleans, Buffalo, and Durham, North Carolina, motor vehicle thefts this year have more than doubled relative to last year. This week, the Baltimore Sun reported auto thefts are on pace to more than double the total from last year, as reported through the first eight months of 2023. Why are so many cars getting stolen? Police departments and city officials point to this. Millions of Kia and Hyundais are ridiculously easy to steal. Here's the headline. Kia and Hyundai helped enable a crime wave. They should pay for it. What did Kia and Hyundai do? What is their sin? Their sin is they produced cheap vehicles, making vehicle traffic affordable to the lower middle class. That's their sin. Notice who's not to blame here. The thieves are not to blame. And then there are the follow-on incidents. Stolen Kias and Hyundais have been involved in numerous deadly crashes, armed robbery sprees, and other crimes around the country. We're recovering guns out of a lot of Kias that are stolen, says one law enforcement officer. Seattle is one of several cities suing Kia and Hyundai, and they make a compelling case. The car makers should have known they were creating unsafe products. The costs of their decisions have had far-reaching effects on public safety and city resources, and there's no telling when the thefts might abate. Kia and Hyundai, not the public, should bear the cost of their responsible, irresponsible decision to sell cars without immobilizers. There's a larger issue at play here because we're seeing this around the country in San Francisco, the looting, uh, the, the, the what is it, the Nordstrom in San Francisco, the, the famous Nordstrom is shutting down going out of business. It's been there for a very long time, but all the looting, too much looting. Other businesses around the country 
closing down as well. And notice what's happening. Notice what's happening is they're blaming the businesses for shutting down, for giving up on the cities. They're blaming Kia and Hyundai for making affordable cars for the lower middle class. They don't want the lower middle class driving anyway. They don't want them. That's the unspoken thing going here, that they they don't want this. They, they don't want the lower middle class to be able to drive. They want you to be in a city using public transportation. You buy the Kia and Hyundai, you're bad because you're contributing to global warming. And Kia and Hyundai are responsible for the thefts because they made cars affordable for you. Listen to this. Listen to the last paragraph here. It's Kia and Hyundai, not TikTok, that sold theft-prone cars. I'm not against tech companies moderating their platforms to curb the spread of potentially dangerous information, but you know it would be better making cars that can't be stolen with a USB cable. You know what would be better? Punishing the thieves! Cracking down on crime! Surprise! Cracking down on crime might solve the problem. But this is religion. And you need to understand, this is actually what you're dealing with. This is not a theological talk. This is not a theological show. But this is this is religion. You see, what the left is doing with this left-wing secular religion is that the criminals are not responsible. It's the sins of society that are responsible. The dominant paradigm is to blame corporations making cheap vehicles that are affordable to the middle class, they're the ones to blame because they made temptation. Kia and Hyundai's skirts were too short, therefore they had it coming to them. It made stealing them easy. Their their skirts were so short, it was them. They made it too attractive. It's not the rapist to blame. It's the girl in the shirt, short skirt. It's not the thief to blame. It's the auto manufacturer who made the cheap vehicle. It's society's sins. It's the corporations. It's never the thieves. It, it's Nordstrom's fault that they're shutting down in San Francisco. It's Walgreens and CVS's fault. They're leaving San Francisco. They were packed in too much anyway. Crime is not the problem. The criminals are not the problem. The thieves are not to blame. It's the people who tempted the thieves. They're to blame. It's the tempters. The devil made me do it. It's the devil's fault, not mine. It's the voices in my head that caused the mass murder, not me. Well, yes, let's throw the voices in your head in jail and you go scot-free. That's what the left is doing here. That's what this guy is doing here. But it's beyond him. Progressive cities in America, Seattle, Baltimore, and others, they're suing Kia and Hyundai. Kia and Hyundai have decided they've got to raise their car prices now because they're going to have to put these immobilizing devices in. They're going to pass the cost on to consumers, pricing more people out of affordable car choices because the left decided it's easier to sue the auto manufacturers than fund the police. The police are bad. The criminals are good. It's the police's fault. When you see the video, when you see the crime video of the kid getting the snot beat out of him by the police officers, it's the police officer's fault. Pay no attention to what the kid did. Pay no attention to the criminals. The left has decided religiously, you have to understand, religiously, theologically, theological orthodoxy for the left now. 
that the thieves are not to be responsible for their actions. It's society, it's the systemic racism of America that caused the thieves to want to steal. And it's Hyundai and Kia that made it easy for them to steal. Therefore, it's society's fault, it's Kia and Hyundai's fault. We are abdicating the responsibility of the guilty parties. We're letting them get away with it. And here is a columnist of the New York Times who ignores the thieves, who ignores lax law enforcement in these cities, who ignores the culture of crime that the progressive ruling elite of these cities are allowing to fester. And instead, it's the car manufacturers who are to blame because they made an affordable car. You shouldn't be making an affordable car anyway because it puts people into fossil fuel burning vehicles. That's bad for the environment. We should shut you down, not the criminal elements, not the car, the gangs organizing the car break-ins. No, it's not their fault. Leave them alone. It's everyone else's fault. This is why we can't have nice things, people. This is why we're in the situation we are in in our society right now. Because the left, the cultural elite in this country, the people who control so much of the conversation in the media, in culture, and in politics, believes the criminals are not to blame for their crimes. It's the tempters. It's the corporations. It's the system itself. So what's now going to happen? Kia and Hyundai, their new cars, they have these chips, they have immobilizers, they have more security systems. They've passed on the costs to the consumers, and there were more Kia and Hyundai vehicles that would have been in the top 10 list. They would have dominated it, except they can't now because they're having to raise costs and price more people out of being able to have an affordable car that will get them to a good job, now having making them more reliant, some on public transportation that's not very reliant and is also prone to having crimes in the subway and on the buses and the like, but it doesn't, doesn't matter to the left doesn't matter. What matters is they've priced more people out of a mobile society and they'll save the planet in the process. And also, the thieves wouldn't be thieving except America's racist. Want to be on the show? Hello? Hello? I, I love your show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I I, I want to play you some audio. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia yesterday, had a press conference and, and just flat out shut down the idea of a special legislative session to try to remove Fawnie Willis, uh, he made a couple of points. One, that there's no legal mechanism to remove her. Uh, you have a special session. What exactly do you wish to accomplish? Impeachment? That it's legally dubious that you can do that to a, a local district attorney in Georgia. Um, defund her office? You can't do that legally in Georgia. Um, and so why not focus on the issues? Here's what he said. That's the way you win races. That is the way you move forward. Things like cutting taxes, doing $2 billion tax rebates, suspending the gas tax that saved our families and our businesses $1.7 billion, 
teacher pay raises, law enforcement pay raises, going after street gangs, not focusing on the past or some grifter scam that somebody's doing to help them raise a few dollars into their campaign account. I'm not really surprised that the people who believe Mike Pence really could have rejected electoral college votes now somehow think that the Georgia legislature can uh, stop Fawny Willis. I mean, if, if you can pull out of thin air or your rectum the idea that Mike Pence somehow had the constitutional power never before done to stop electoral college votes from being certified. I, I guess you can also pull out of the nether region the idea that the Georgia legislature can stop Fawny Willis. There, there's no law to point to. You, you, you got to misread a bunch of stuff to get there. I mean, I, I, it, it's, it doesn't surprise me at all that the people who are epistemically convinced that the election in Georgia was stolen in 2020 somehow now believe that there's some method of law that they can't actually articulate that will stop Fawny Willis. We're, we're living in delusional times. Uh, and, you, you know, the response from the Trump people today is that, well, you know, actually, Brian Kemp probably stole his election from uh, Stacey Abrams. That's probably why he doesn't want us to look at the election. Roger Stone, among others, is out today suggesting a number of people on the Trump team that, you know, Brian Kemp probably actually didn't get elected in Georgia. He just stole the election. Uh, that's why he doesn't want us digging into 2020. That's why he's blocking us from going after Fawny Willis. It, it, the delusions of these people, I mean, at, at some point, fantasy land loses. If you want to actually win, uh, try using the rules, the procedures, the systems and laws that you have. Go try to win. Uh, so many people have convinced themselves there will never be a Republican elected again in this country because they just keep stealing it. I, you're not doing a good job of testing the theory if you keep going back to your same old playbook instead of getting out of fantasy land. I mean, come back to reality. This, the, the, I mean, it's just it's bizarre to me. All right, um, before we get out of here, i got to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack because you can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. Uh, you go to EdenPureDeals.com, you put in Eric, you get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. You get them for less than $200. You wipe out odors, pet odors, litter box odors, smoke odors, musty odors. You can get one for upstairs, one for downstairs, your basement, your RV, your travel bag. You hold these things in the palm of your hand, and you're good to go. EdenPureDeals.com, that's the website, EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, put in that code, get three of them for less than $200. Start wiping out odors wherever you go. They're easy to travel with, and they just work. EdenPureDeals.com. Smart, fearless, and occasionally funny. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Got, a, got an email from a listener. And he said, I know you don't think the election was stolen. We can all agree that some irregularities, irregularities happen in several states. Uh, but maybe weren't enough to swing the election. But what about the fact that states changed the voting rules? I think that's the problem. For people who talk about a stolen election from 2020, and I, I really don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but let, let me just make my view on this really clear. That was the problem. 
a number of states changed the rules. And the playbook in American politics had always been, you don't change the rules in the middle of the cycle. But a number of states did, Republican and Democrat both, because of the pandemic. And the courts, including a lot of Trump-appointed judges, including a Supreme Court that was 6-3 conservative with three Trump appointments, said, okay, you and I can think that's wrong. And I do think that's wrong. It fundamentally flies in the face of American elections in the past. But here's the problem. They allowed the rules changes. The courts, Trump-appointed judges, allowed the rules changes because of the pandemic. Republican states embraced the rules changes too. Drop boxes were recommended by the Trump administration, not by Democrats. Brad Raffensperger, the Republican Secretary of State in Republican state of Georgia, embraced them. So did Ohio, a Republican state. So, so did a lot of other Republican states embraced them. But what did the campaigns do? The Republicans decided to keep playing by the old rules, and the Democrats decided to play by the new rules. The Republicans dug in their heels and says, we're not doing early voting. And the Democrats said, we will do early voting. The Democrats adapted rapidly to the new rules, and the Republicans didn't. The rules, I agree with you, should not have been changed, but they were. It's the response to that that's problematic. One, Republican lawyers really sucked in court. You need to understand that part of the problem was you didn't have the, the A-team of Republican lawyers going to court. They had been alienated by uh, President Trump and his team, and they refused to help him. So you essentially were sending DUI lawyers into court to argue election law cases. And they lost everywhere. They, they I mean, they lost. And then when the rules were changed... The Democrats said, you know what, we're, we're going to step up our A-game. We're going to go door-to-door. We're going to ballot harvest. We're going to do these things. We're going to take advantage of drop boxes. And the GOP said, we're going to do same-day voting, same-day. Everybody's going to go on election day. We're not going to do early voting. And, well, guess what? We know how that turned out. But, yes, that's fundamentally that's the problem. That is the problem, and it is a legitimate problem. But also, we lost in court. And we, we can have sour grapes about it, but when the rules changed, we didn't adapt and the Democrats did. All right, that's that's enough on that. There's so much other stuff to talk about. We have a border problem. This is from Fox News earlier today. The numbers are back to record levels. We're getting 7,000 a day now. And if you think about those families coming, why are all the families coming? Sources tell me it's to avoid expedited removals that mostly single adults are facing. And the fact, guys, that when a family claims asylum, only one of them has to have a positive adjudication for the entire family to be able to stay. So they're trying the strength in numbers approach. Now, I want you, you heard that, uh, record family crossings, it's an all-time high. Even the Washington Post can't avoid this. Record numbers of migrant families streaming across the U.S.-Mexico border in August, according to preliminary data obtained by the Washington Post, an influx that has upended Biden administration efforts to discourage parents from entering illegally with children and could once again place immigration in the spotlight during the presidential race. The U.S. Border Patrol arrested at least 91,000 migrants who crossed as part of the family group in August, exceeding the prior one-month record of 84,486 set in May 2019 during the Trump administration. Families were the single largest demographic group crossing the border in August, surpassing single adults for the first time since Biden took office. Now listen to the dim-witted White House press secretary. 
but to the charge from the Congresswoman that the White House hasn't taken up recommendations from fellow Democrats on how to deal with this issue more through executive action or otherwise because of concerns of how Republicans might react, you would say what? I would say this. The President has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else. He really has. June saw the single largest month-to-month drop in lawful, unlawful border crossing because of the policies this President put in place. We've got a record number of federal agents and officers, more than 24,000 working to secure the border because of the funding this President secured. We brought, we brought 21 world leaders on the West Coast, as you all remember, together for the first time to ever to deal with this issue in a in a regional way uh, because of the alliances that this president has put forth. And we secured record funding for border security and management. And let's not forget, we expanded, we've ex expanded the pathway uh, to citizenship under this president. And mind you, he's been doing this on his own. Does he want to do it in a bipartisan way? Absolutely. That's why he put forth uh, his per first piece of legislation to be on immigration to fix this broken system. We are we are willing to work uh, with Congress with Republicans. We need Republicans to do this. We just do. But they keep turning into a political stunt. Good. Uh, yeah, you got the, the border is not a political stunt. The border is a matter of national security. When. Um when Ron DeSantis was on stage with me two weeks ago, maybe it was Ken Cuccinelli, actually. Um, one of them was talking about what hasn't gotten covered. The number, you need to listen to this because this doesn't actually get covered by the news. There have been a number of Chinese nationals who flew to the Bahamas, bought high-speed boats, and raced to the Florida coast. Some were caught, many got away. We've had people on the terror watch list come across not just the southern border now, but the northern border from Canada. We've had Chinese and Russians. Where are these people in the shadows in the United States and are they good people? My suspicion, this is my personal suspicion, is that some of these people mean us harm. They are part of an advanced team coming into the United States to sabotage us at some moment in the future. Wouldn't be surprised at all. I need to get my buddy Brad Thor to come on and talk about this because Brad's got some strong thoughts on this and it's right in his wheelhouse. Regardless of whether it's nefarious or not, a whole lot of people are coming, and the Biden administration won't secure the border. You know they welded open gates. There are gates built into portions of the border wall between the United States and Mexico, and the Biden administration opened the gates and welded them open so state officials couldn't shut them back. They're trying to stop Greg Abbott, who put the buoys in the middle of the Rio Grande to keep people from swimming across. They're blaming him if somebody drowns upstream and floats down into the buoys. Oh, it's his fault. He killed them. No, not really. They're not serious about this. But let's take the larger issue here. If you recall, if you remember, they sent Kamala Harris south of the border. They sent Kamala Harris down to Central America for root causes. This administration, and by the way, they're not wrong. You need to understand they're not wrong. A lot of the reason families are coming 
And you need to understand this. And I, I want you to just exercise. We all disagree. We all want them to go home. We none of them want us. None of us want them to cross. But let's exercise some basic empathy with what they're dealing with. Many of them are literally walking on foot through drug cartel warland Mexico. Or they hop on buses. They don't have money for airplanes. They walk or they hitchhike to the border and they hire coyotes to try to ferry them across. What are they leaving? They're leaving gang-infested territories in Guatemala and Honduras, Nicaragua. They're leaving because they're going to die if they stay at home. You know what happens? They get a knock at the door. The gang shows up at their door. Says, if you don't pay us $10,000, tomorrow we're killing everybody in this house. They don't have $10,000. So they take what they can and they walk north and they work jobs along the way as best they can. They escape. And the Biden administration has said they want to they deal with the root causes. Let me tell you someone who's dealt with the root causes. El Salvador's president, Nayib Bukele. He's dealt with root causes. Gang violence in El Salvador dramatically dropped. El Salvador was one of the most crime-ridden countries in Central America. El Salvador saw a massive wave of people head north because crime got so bad. Nayib Bukele gets elected, and he goes to war against the cartels. He goes to war against the gangs. He rounds up thousands of people and throws them in prison. And once they're in prison, then begins to assess, are they actually bad guys or not? Civil liberty problems, obvious civil liberty problems. But you know what? It worked. It absolutely worked. MS-13 was the largest gang in El Salvador. One week last year, they killed 87 people in three days. Ruthless and with no ties to crimes. A fruit seller was killed. A surf instructor was killed. A homeowner was killed. A shoe cobbler was killed because they wouldn't pay MS-13. They actually killed a housewife. They killed a housewife because the housewife would not pay for her own protection, so they murdered her. They went after everybody. And the reason they did it is because Naive Bukele, the president, said he was going to crack down on crime. And so they killed all these people, MS-13 did, to show that um, the president couldn't stop them. Oh, he stopped them. He's the most popular politician in Central and South America now. They've taken to the streets in Colombia and Costa Rica and Chile and Guatemala, demanding that their governments do the exact same thing that um, Bukele has done in El Salvador. So you know what the Biden administration did? You'd think they'd be welcoming this guy. You'd think they'd be celebrating that he has dramatically cut the tide of illegal immigrants coming out of El Salvador. People don't need to flee El Salvador now. They're staying home. They're rebuilding their country. The gangs are in prison or dead because of his leadership. And so what is the Biden administration doing? Imposing sanctions on El Salvador. Punishing the El Salvadorian leader for cracking down on gangs. He literally has cut the tide of illegal immigrants coming out of El Salvador, and the Biden administration is punishing him because they don't like his civil rights record. You can't make this stuff up. They said they want to address root causes. Here is a world leader who addressed the root causes on his own in his own country 
objectively by any metric has seen a massive drop in violence. Murders are massively down. Thefts are down. Uh, racketeering is down. You name it. He did it. And now the Biden administration wants to punish him for doing so, even though he has helped reduce the numbers of illegal aliens crossing into the United States. You just can't make this stuff up. The Biden administration doesn't really have an interest in solving the problem because they see these people as the next generation of Democratic voters. Of course, they're wrong on that as well. The longer a Hispanic family of faith stays in this country, the more likely they are to identify as white and Republican. And the Democrats haven't quite figured that out yet. But they will. And then suddenly they'll get serious about securing the border. Let's just hope the Republicans maintain their seriousness. Now, I want to get serious with you about your business in your home. If you need a computer, you can go to your local electronics store or online, and you can buy a generic one-size-fits-all computer that maybe doesn't do exactly what you wanted to do, but it's going to get you close enough, and you're going to be happy with it. Except you could be even happier by getting a computer that lasts longer, is more upgradable, and is suited to exactly what you wanted to do, and then some, and save you some money along the way, too. That's what Vision Computers could do. They'll build your computer for you, laptop or desktop, for your home or your office. If you've got an office with employees and you need tech support, well, Vision Computer can do that as well. If your computers aren't from Vision Computers, you can pay them a small annual fee, and they'll become your tech support. They'll become your IT department. They can remote in to fix your computers. They can handle printer support, email support. They can do it. My 14-year-old calls Vision Computers, and they navigate him through computer uh, setup issues. They just work. You can call them at 404-COMPUTE, ask about the Eric Erickson special, save even more money. You can check them out at visioncomputers.com. Or call them at 404 Computer. Now, I know those of you out in California are thinking, 404, isn't that a Georgia number? Yes. But they help people nationwide. They have a huge nationwide operation. Call them at 404 Compute. 404 Compute. Call them. They got an 800 number, too. But you can remember, 404 Compute. Any one of you nationwide, let Vision Computers build your computers and be your tech support. They'll save you money. They give you world-class support. You will be happy. My board op, Jim, he's used Vision Computers for over 16 years for his computers, he's never had a problem. They've never steered him wrong. 404 Compute. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Want Eric's weekly recipes? They're super delicious. Text RECIPE to 33777 now. Hello. I need to identify myself as something, but first I must tell you this hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are, if you want your business to grow because you're buying a building or building a building or buying a franchise, that's the sort of deal that First Liberty specializes in. If you need $250,000 or more, they can help you. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Now, I got to identify myself as something. I, I'm, I, I saw this in the New York Post. A new study reveals that 50% of the beef consumed in any given day goes to just 12% of the American population. This heavy consumption of beef has significant health impacts on those Americans who are eating half-hour steaks, meatballs, Wieners and hamburgers. Can you say hot dogs, please? Can you say hot dogs or gourmet jumbo franks instead of wieners, please? 
Current U.S. Department of Agriculture guidelines suggest eating four ounces per day of meat, poultry, and eggs for those consuming 2,200 calories per day. But the study reveals some Americans are far exceeding that amount. Do you know, so I've lost about 20 pounds and been working CrossFit. It's a nightmare, but I do it. But also like upping my protein intake. One, I'm not as hungry. It fills me up. Uh, A whole lot of beef, a whole lot of eggs. Start my day with an omelet uh, of eggs and bacon, and it's fantastic. Put a little cheese in there. And keeps me full. And and, um, beef. I mean, I've been eating a lot. Steak, uh, hamburgers, you name it. And I'm good. I'm good. High-protein diet's a good thing. A lot of chicken, too. My wife, though, she eats cold chicken, and that just grosses me out. And you know what meal prep is? I've decided meal prep is actually just leftovers. And I don't really like leftovers. I would rather cook every day. But nonetheless, so 50% of beef. It's consumed by just 12% of the population, overwhelmingly men, too. Overwhelmingly men. I am the 12%. Many of you are, too. I intend to cook this weekend. I, I got the, you know, the, the first big college football game. It's, it's LSU, FSU is Sunday night. Instead of Sunday night football being the NFL, it's going to be college football. I got the guys are coming over. I got the bourbon picked out. I'm picking out the menu. I think I'm making the ricotta meatball subs. I've been wanting the meatball subs again. I'm I'm going to be serving meat. I might do a brisket. You never know. But my goodness gracious, the, the outrage by health officials that there are too many men eating too much meat in this country. And you also, you know, they want us to like limit ourselves to two beers in a week. That's the latest from the Biden administration. You should have no more than two beers a week. Maybe if you're Baptist for the rest of us. Come on, seriously? I sat in the hot tub last night decompressing with a glass of bourbon and a cigar. Thank you again, Georgia Spa Company. I sat out there until like 1130 watching Florida lose to Utah. Wow, what a Florida, come on. You know, Ron DeSantis, when he was at the gathering two weeks ago, said he wasn't going to be betting any money on Florida. After that game, I kind of understand why. Y'all, football is back. Glorious, glorious football. Not football, but real football. It's back. College and the NFL, it's back. The world returns to normal just in time for all the COVID vaccine hype. All right, when we come back, we got to move on. We got other stuff, including, well, the inflation numbers. They are not good. Uh, The job numbers are not good. Mortgage rates, not good. We got more coming on this stuff, and none of it is good. The Biden administration, they made a terrible strategic mistake embracing the term Bidenomics that's about to come crashing down on them. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.